with all kind of revivals. And uh, sometimes you have a revival that uh, just among God's people that really isn't very well known. Then you have uh, what I what I call uh, uh, big uh, revival meetings where you have great numbers of people saved, which is kind of like a mass evangelism. And then sometimes you have revival meetings where uh, where it seems like that uh, it just goes on and on and on. I, I I like a meeting like that. I've been in several over the years that I've been preaching. I kind of remember one in Wichita, Kansas, where we were going to go a week and a half, and we went a month because people just kept coming and coming. And our tent, our biggest tent seated a thousand, and we had three tents up and uh, just kept coming. And so you know, you don't always have a revival like that, but it's a it's a real joy to see God's Spirit come and work among His people. And I would love to be able to see that here. Maybe uh, maybe it would catch on here this week and just go on for a month. Wouldn't that be nice? That'd be great, wouldn't it? Amen. All right, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 8 tonight. Luke chapter 8. I want to say that Lois and I have really enjoyed being here. It's been fun. We thank God for it, being with all these preachers and with uh, Brother Marshall and his wife and with all the Montoros has been a treat to us. And uh, then all this good food that we've been eating around here. Now, we had Greek food today, but it was really something special. I am so sorry for you that didn't get to taste any of it. How many of you didn't get any supper tonight? Let's see your hand. You didn't? All right, well, more. how many did? Let's see your hands. Okay, well, most of us. Amen. Well, that's good. And we thank God for the good food I kind of feel like the old drunk staggered out of the bar, walked up to the parking meter. You remember parking meters? Still have them here? A lot of places they don't have them. And he put a nickel in. It used to be a nickel. And the hand went burp like that. And he looked at it and he said, Oh my goodness, I've gained 100 pounds. But it has been good. And I really enjoy the fellowship and the time that we've spent together around here and doing the preaching and the work of God, and we thank the Lord for it. And I would like to preach to you tonight, if I could. Oh, I just want to ask you, before I get to preaching, I want to ask you to remember us in your prayers. Now, we talked about the miracle here in this church. You know, Brother Johnson's had a miracle over there in Brooklyn with that building he's been able to obtain, but it really is in a bad shape. It, uh this building wasn't any, anything nearly as bad a shape as that is when uh, Pete first moved in here. So please pray for Brother Johnson and pray for me. I want to be able to get uh, hold of some money for him to be able to fix that building up. And I, I don't know if you have a prayer uh, list or not. I kind of have one in my head and sometimes I'll write it down. But uh, if you have a prayer list, uh, put Larry and Lois Clayton on there, would you please? And when you pray, don't say, Dear God, bless the Claytons. Because there are some Claytons that ought not be blessed. And so I want you to pray for Larry and Lois Clayton, all right? And I pray that God will bless us and use us and help us to be able to help Brother Johnson. We have a lot of things to ask you to pray about, more than we could possibly, uh, possibly say in here in 30 minutes. But uh, we hope that you'll pray that God will bless us and use us in his vineyard, we're, we're going to go and uh, go back to Ohio, and then we're going to hold some meetings there, and then uh, 
we've got uh, some other places to go and preach, and I can't remember them all, North Dakota and uh, Minnesota, and then uh, back home, and uh, we're going to be preaching there a little bit, and then we're going to go down to Kentucky, and then we're going to go to Florida, and uh, and after Florida, we're going to come back, and we're, and we're going to go to Paris, France, and we'll be over there in France and, and Spain and Switzerland uh, for part of December, and then I'm supposed to go to India, so please remember, that's all, you know, that's a lot of going for an old man, you know that? So pray for me that God would bless me and take care of us and give us strength and health to do that. We need a special anointing of health to be able to do all of that. And then uh, when I come back, then I go to the West Coast, and I'll be in California and Washington and, and Oklahoma and Texas and all out through there. So we really need your prayers. Utah, we're going to have a big, be back in Utah this year. And so pray that God would bless us. Now, I just want to say, I know it's taken a little bit here, but I, I, I just have another special request uh, I would like for it to ask you about. Some about, I think it was about five years ago or more, we started a in, internet Bible college. And God really blessed us in that. I thought the computer was going to cost me $20,000 to get the computer that we needed for this uh, particular ministry. Because uh, we're offering this Bible college free to anybody in the world on the internet. And... Uh, to get it all set up, to be able to take in the request and send out the lessons and bring in the answers and uh, send out the, the report and then send out the diploma when they're through and all that. I, I just knew it was going to cost us an absolute fortune. But a man found us a computer for $5,000, so that was a big savings. And then to get it programmed, I thought it was going to cost us another 20000 And we found a te- preacher down in Texas that could do it all. It doesn't just take a programmer, but a, a writer or a composer. And uh, yeah, we figured that was going to cost us a lot. And there's a preacher down there did it for $300. So we got it on the, on, on the Internet. And right now we have 4,000 students that are taking our, the Bible college. And it's growing by five and six people a, a, a day. And it's, it's literally all over the world. And we've got people in the... And I am behind the uh, the bamboo curtain over in uh, China. We've got them in all, all of the uh, Arabic-speaking world. It's all English, but uh, a lot of people can speak English now. And I'm all over Europe and Eastern Europe and uh, Africa. And uh, we're even seeing schools started out of this. And it's a big, long ministry. But what I want you to pray for, we don't, we're operating this thing on a very minimal budget. And uh, we just have one person on full-time, two people on part-time doing all this. And uh, what I want to ask you to pray for is that we need desperately some buildings to house this whole pro- project. What we're meeting in now is just, is just very poor buildings. So please pray for that, would you please? And uh, I'm not going to take any more time, but... I just wish you to remember us in your prayers. Put us down on your prayer list and pray for us. Now, I'm not just saying this to fill up time because uh, I, uh, I'm time conscious tonight because I'm the first preacher and the first preacher ought to be time conscious. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, my, my preaching tonight is a whole lot like 
the uh, ketchup and the um, and the uh, uh, pickle and the uh, tomato and the lettuce on a hamburger. It's not the hamburger, <laughs> but it's a a little bit of an introduction to what the taste ought to be. All right, and so that's what I'm going to do tonight. I want to talk to you tonight about seed, about seed. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about seed. I, I kind of want you to uh, turn to a couple places with me, please, tonight. Isaiah is one of them. And uh, Isaiah 55, 10 and 11 says this. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth the bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. It's talking about seed, and it's talking about bread. And of course, there's a lot of difference between feed and seed. A lot of difference. And it's talking here about seed, okay? Kind of coupled together with that is the book of Luke chapter 8. And I ask you to turn there first tonight in the book of Luke chapter 8. And uh, there's a story. Jesus was giving a parable. And starting with verse number 4, it says, And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. Now, the wayside is the path the road that goes back to the field. And it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Very poor place to sow seed is the wayside. The path that people walk on, or the road that people walk on, uh, is, uh, is, is not a place where the seed can uh, find root and uh, bring forth a plant. And the, the Bible says the, the, fly, the, uh, the fowls of the air would devour it. And some fell, in verse 6, upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. A rock top of a rock is not a good place to sow seed. Now, uh, uh, we, uh, we had an old farm one time. We were, trying to, we were trying to farm, and my dad said, this is the rockiest old farm I ever saw. He said, you couldn't even grow, uh, raise an umbrella on this farm, let alone uh, a, uh, a, uh, a crop of uh, good corn or good wheat. And the Bible says that when it fell on that rock, it, uh, it dried up and died because it lacked moisture. Verse 7, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it, and others fell on good ground. Now, I like that thing about good ground, don't you? I'm a farm boy, and so I like good ground. We had to do a lot of work to get our ground good and ready to plant the seed. I remember going out and, and plowing, uh, out in the hot summer sun or the springtime, even in the rain, we'd plow if we possibly could get in, out in the field to plow the field up. We'd plow it all up, turn it over, then we'd disc it down, and then we'd drag it down. And uh, what we wanted is we wanted that ground to be as soft as a face powder before we were through so that we could sow the seed, it would get down in the dirt, and it would, uh, it would get down there and root, and the rain would come down, and we'd have a crop. You know, if you read the Bible, you'd kind of think that God is a farmer. 
And, uh, you know, we're old, I come from way back in the farms when I was just us old farm people out there working and digging in the ground. And uh, us boys uh, sometimes wouldn't have, wouldn't have the opportunity to go to school because we had to work in the field. I had one, uh, one old buddy that was with me, I, a cousin. He was kind of just an old farm boy, you know, and, and uh, we didn't know much about city stuff, and, and we didn't know much about city people, but we were just farmers, you know. Uh, I remember sometimes city people would come out to the farm, you know, and they'd ask us questions, uh, which uh, we, would, uh, we would think would be uh, easily answered and uh, maybe, maybe something that uh, uh, we would laugh about because we knew it so well and they didn't know it. We had a, we had a little bug out there on the farm. We called him Tumblebug. And that little tumble bug would uh, make a little ball of mud and he'd lay an egg in it. And then one would get in front of it, pulling, and the other would get behind pushing. And they would take that little ball of mud across the ground, go find a crack in the ground, and they'd put that little, little ball of mud with that, with that egg in it, that egg from the, the mama bug, down in that crack. And next year it would uh, hatch and another little tumble bug would come out, you know. And uh, we used to take them little balls of mud and we'd tell them city boys that they were smarter pills. And they say, smarter pills said, yeah, it'll make you smarter. That pill, if you take it, it'll make you smarter. Said, here, take one, put it in your mouth, see if it don't make you smarter. And they'd put him, boy, that tastes terrible. I said, you feel any smarter? No, I don't feel a bit smarter. Eat another one. Oh, man, that tastes like mud. I said, now you know, now you're getting smarter. Amen. (laughs) And we had to, we had to, we had out there on the farm and uh, we'd get out there and dig in the earth and get it done and get the seed in. And we'd sow that seed in order to get a crop. Well, Jesus is talking about all that here. And he's talking about the seed and he, he says, uh, uh, in verse 8, and other fell on good ground and it sprang up and bare fruit and hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. He's talking about farming. He's talking about sowing the seed. And uh, as I said, that's farm language. But the people that heard him understood because most of these farmer, most of these people had to be a farmer to one, uh, in one direction or another in order to raise the food that they would eat. All right, they said to Jesus now, what are you talking about with this parable? And he said, okay, I'll explain it to you. In verse 11, he says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. He was talking about Sowing the Word of God, broadcasting the Word of God, and spreading out the Word of God all over the place so that there would be a spiritual reaping, a spiritual harvest of souls. And he said, the seed is the Word of God. And those, in verse 12, by the wayside are they. Now, when he's talking about the soil that the seed went into, he's actually talking about people. And so this whole story is wrapped around the idea of us Christians, like farmers, sowing the seed, the Word of God, in the lives and hearts of people. That's the whole story. And when he says that some people are like the wayside in verse 12, uh, 
that hear it, to hear the word, and then cometh the devil and take it away. Or like on, in verse 13, like the rock, which are like they which receive the word with joy, and then has no root, and after a while they believe, but temptation keeps them away. Or like in verse 14, like the seed that fell among the thorns are also they. It's people. They're talking about people. Which when they have heard, go forth and, uh, uh, and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. But he says this in verse 15. But that on the good ground are they, the people, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Now, God help us to be the good ground. Amen. God help us to receive the seed, the word of God, in such a way that it might produce great things in our lives. The soil here is so definitely important. Sowing the seed in the proper soil. I remember my dad was a sower of the seed. He was a farmer. We didn't have any big equipment to uh, sow the seed into the ground. And so we'd have to get out and get the ground all ready. And then my dad had a big bag that mom had made him that wrapped around him. And he could, he'd reach down in that bag and he'd pull out a hand of seed. Seed was precious. We took real special care of the seed because it was, it was a reproduction system. In order for us to have a crop where we could make bread, we had to have the seed to plant in the field. And my dad would take that seed and he'd broadcast it as he would walk. And my dad was so good at that, he could sow down a whole field and hardly miss a spot of ground as big as a basketball. And then we'd drag it down and we'd then pray for rain and sun and and. Uh, We'd have to go out and work and get the weeds out, but we, we would bring up a crop, a, a good crop of good food because we had the ground ready and we had good seed. Now, the Bible tells us about the seed and it says, uh, it says that the seed is the Word of God and that's after all, that's what we sow. That's what we preach in this church is the Word of God. And we can, we can know that the seed, the Word of God is good. Amen? And it will carry out the work of God. And so we're like the farmer. All of us are out trying to find someone in which we can sow the seed so that the seed will reproduce a good harvest of soil. And in, in the soil, a good harvest of food. It will have a good result in the lives of a lot of people. The Word of God does. There's something about this book. There's something special about this book. As I grew up as a boy, we always had it read in our house. As I was a child growing up, I had the opportunity of reading our old family Bible. And I never was a good reader, but I would study it and work on it. And I, almost every night I had, the, I had the Bible by my bed and would read it before I went to bed. And then God called me to preach, and I went off to Bible college. I got to Bible college just a poor farm boy. Not enough money hardly even to buy myself a hamburger. I got there poor as I could be and went to Bible college. And, 
and uh, I got into the Bible college and, and uh, made up my application and everything else. And when I was going to go into the Bible college, a woman was going to take me in there and introduce me. And I said to her, Ma'am, I, I, I don't have a Bible. I'm going to Bible college, but I don't have a Bible. I never owned a Bible myself. 18 years old and never owned a Bible. And she said, you're going to use my Bible. And she said, so she loaned me her Bible. And I took that in there and studied and worked and studied and worked. And I went to the bookstore in a Baptist temple. And they had a whole rack of beautiful Bibles there. All the Schofield Bibles in a blue box. And I asked if I could look at them. And I picked one out and I said to the girl, now, if I'd give you a dollar down... Would you keep this for me until I got enough money to pay for it? And she said, well, Larry, we're not supposed to do that. But for you, I'll do it. I did without food to get that money to pay for that Bible. And when I got my Bible, uh, I took it to my room where I was staying. And I carefully opened up the box. You know, I, for a long time, I never touched that Bible without washing my hands before I touched it. It's precious to me. I'll never forget it. It has a certain smell about the leather uh, on that Bible. Uh, and I loved it. I adored it. And uh, I, I opened it up and it had a little slip of paper in there to tell you how to break it in. And I broke it in, like it said, by holding up the pages and rubbing and got it all. You know, I was so proud on Sunday when I could walk in that church with my own Bible under my arm. It was a brown Schofield Bible. I, I wore it out and finally found somebody else that didn't have a Bible and gave it to him. Kind of wish I'd have kept it. But I gave him that Bible. And you know, ever since, I've been giving away Bibles. I give away Bibles all the time. Uh, I send them all over the world. Uh, sometimes by the thousands I send them. All over the world, Bibles, the Word of God. Why? Because this is the seed. This is the Word of God. The Bible will do a great work if we'll just believe it and touch it and, and or, uh, propagate it and get it out to the world that's lost in sin. That's why we're Bible-believing people here. This church must never, ever get to the place where they do not honor and respect and preach the Bible. It does, it's over, it's done. Be like all these other churches around here. They offer people nothing. A little, maybe a little psychology, maybe a little bit of, of, uh, of, of Freud or uh, some of uh, Norman Vincent Peale's uh, 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 advice. Let, let me tell you something. Your brain is like a computer. You can only get out of your brain what you put in it. Your memory bank is like a computer. It will only contain what you put in it. But the, but the, but the knowledge is there. So that when you need it, and you call upon it, it will come up for you. Now, if you put in your computer your brain the advice of unsaved people you put in there the opinion of Ofer Winfrey or Dr. Phil or some of these 
idiot communicators and comedians. You put their opinion in there instead of God's word, and you'll find out when you need the information, you'll find out that you'll get the wrong information, and you'll make the wrong decision. That's why it's so important. This Bible, the seed is the word of God. We put the word of God in our mind, in our heart, and we find that that word of God is a solution to our problem. Boy, how much we need to emphasize that. You young people, it's so important for you and and your youth to memorize and study the word of God. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 1, Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his... But he meditates day and night upon the law, the law of the Lord. Doth he meditate day and night? And then, Blessed is the man. This, this Bible, this word of God, this seed, it will reproduce something special in your life, in your family, in your home, wherever it is. The seed is the word of God. We want to reproduce another generation of godly people, don't we? Amen. Right out of this church. That's why we give them the Word of God, because it's the, it's the truth of, the, of, of God's Word that really does the great things that needs to be done in our hearts. The Bible, the Word of God. I just want to say tonight that uh, that's what we emphasize, that's what we, that's what we broadcast, that's what we get out. Uh, I've seen some big computers one time there was a, a man in uh, Washington, D.C. that ran the CIA computers. He was the man that ran them all. And uh, he said, Brother Clayton, would you like to see them? I said, yes, I would. And so he took me outside of Washington in one of the suburbs into a great big building. And that building was, uh, all the floors in there was double floored. And uh, you walked in on grates over computers and they were everywhere, just everywhere. Now, they've got all that now contained in just a little box now. But it was, a, it was floor after floor of computer informations. And he said to me, Brother Clayton, we've got all this information here in this computer. In fact, now the two biggest computers in the world are in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. The biggest one and the second biggest one's down there, and they're both run by an independent Baptist preacher's friend of mine. He said he's going to get me in there to see him one of these days. I'd like to see him. But they, they, can, they can compute, I don't know how many millions of uh, clicks every microsecond. I don't know how it works, and I can't give it all to you. But it, those computers are, are vast, and they contain all this knowledge. And uh, those computers are not alive, and they cannot... They cannot uh, uh, do anything but repeat what's been put in them. But your, your mind, the computer of your mind. You know, that's the reason why Jesus said, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Because if you put the Word of God in your mind and your heart, you'll find that it will give you the answer when you really need it. Because the Word of God is the seed that reproduces great crop. I just want to say that seed is for reproduction. That's what God said in the book of, of uh, Genesis when He made the plants. 
seed bearing. It said that that's what the, the seed is for. And, of course, we read to you that uh, some of that seed that uh, the plants produce can be used for food, but some of it has to be used for seed again. It's a reproduction system. And that's what we're to do as Christians. We're to reproduce ourselves repeatedly in the service of the Lord. The seed, the Word of God, is powerful. And as I said before, seed is seed, and feed is feed, and you can't get them mixed up. Why? Because if you do, there won't be any reproduction. And now the seed is the Word of God, and we need to broadcast it. We need to get it out to the world that's out there in, in wickedness and sin. And you'll find out that it will reproduce itself repeatedly in their lives. I hope that you'll determine in your heart and life this year to be a soul winner for Jesus. Every one of you. If you'll get someone, bring them to church and win them to Christ, you'll reproduce yourself and you can be used by the seed of the Word of God in the lives of people to reproduce a crop of people just like you and just like me. And you can double the attendance of this church. Wouldn't it be great if you could do that? That's just that everybody would get involved in serving the Lord. Let's bow our heads in prayer. I've enjoyed being with you tonight. I enjoyed the thought that the seed is the word of God, and I hope it's a blessing to you. Father in heaven, as I come before you tonight, I pray that you would bless each one of our lives together tonight. Lord, I pray that you would work among us in a special way and that we would be uh, like the farmer that uh, plants his his, uh, seed in the field. Uh, There's so many out here, Lord, that uh, need the gospel, and I pray that you'd help us, Lord, that we might raise a crop, a spiritual crop here in this area for the glory of God and the salvation of souls. Be with us, Lord, tonight, and bless us and keep us in your care. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor.